Good evening. This is Wednesday, 14th July. Welcome to PhD with Women on IT Hack the Future. My name is Beata Young and today's PhD Positivity Hack Delivered will be by our guest Genevieve Pituro. Today's topic is leadership with a purpose. PhD episode 23 starts here. Let me remind you, this is a grassroots community that focuses on women on IT, an inclusive forum of women in technology, startups, and female leaders who are supported by men as well. And I bring heart to that hustle because empathy is my motto. And empathy is critical when you are building leadership with a purpose. The two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why by Mark Twain. Purpose-driven leaders think differently. They are able to boost employees' mental health during a pandemic. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention concluded that nearly 41% of American adults struggle with mental health issues stemming from COVID-19, with the number increasing to 75 among 18 to 24 years old. The top challenges employees face anxiety over layouts, burnout, financial security, childcare and homeschooling responsibilities. In a time when individuals are likely to reach their breaking point, it's vital for business leaders to prioritize employees' mental health and develop a company culture that offers long-term solutions to help employees become healthier and more mentally resilient. And in today's episode, we are going to learn from the industry expert, Genevieve Pituro. Where are you in the world today? I am in New York. Hello, Bata. Lovely to see you, Genevieve. Uh, Genevieve uh, is a successful, was a successful television marketing executive until she dramatically changed the direction of her life. We're going to talk about that. Tune in. She found her true purpose when a sudden voice inside her head challenged her life as she knew it. Genevieve is now a best-selling author, professional speaker, personal strategy coach and consultant, sharing life and leadership lessons she learned through her pajama program journey. Mm -hmm. Her book, Purpose, Passion and Pajamas, How to Transform Your Life, Embrace Human Connection and Lead with Meaning, was released in August 2020. So it's nearly a year since then. It's time to lead with a purpose, time for women on IT hack the future. Genevieve, what led you to this interesting career path? Oh, well, you know, growing up, Betta, I wanted to be that female executive like Mary Tyler Moore. Did you, I don't know if you watched her when you were young. I watched her and she was who I wanted to be. I wanted to be that single woman climbing the corporate ladder in a big city working in a man's world and just wanted everything she had. She had a great job and she had great friends and great apartment and she was so independent. And it was a struggle for me because I was the first of four children born to my parents who were Italian, my father off the boat. So they expected the traditional get married and have children route for me. But I had that, that idea that I wanted to be that single career girl. And I followed that dream for 12 years. And I really, I have to say I had a good life. I enjoyed it. I love the excitement of it. And it wasn't until one day in a very quiet, a rare quiet moment in my apartment, did I hear a voice from me, came from in, in me. And I heard it ask me a question. The question was, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And I was shocked. And that's the moment I realized, because I thought about it, there really wasn't a purpose. There wasn't any real deep, significant meaning attached to my work. I was alone and it would continue. And I'd feel that emptiness grow and grow if I didn't make a change in that moment. 
and that was that was the moment that I started to think about what was my purpose. That's interesting because uh, it's very similar to my career, my, my career path. Uh, although at the time I didn't really realize the, the meaning, how important the purpose is in your life until I started leading this uh, uh, voluntary organization. And there is actually a saying that you can become a true leader when you see that people are following you, even though they don't have to, because they put their effort, they are not paid, they have to attend meetings, they have to do something for free. And that's when I realized that's the true meaning of leadership. That's the most difficult part of being a leader to motivate people and be able to make that purpose visible to everybody. How was it for you? How was your purpose um, spinning to get others excited about your purpose? And we'll get to that purpose and you can explain a little bit what was that purpose in a moment. Okay, um, I, I love that saying. I love what you described as leadership. That really is so true, you know, and you put it so well. Um, I think we all have a story you know, we, we all have a purpose and I think most of us don't realize that or don't think that there is something special that we were here to do. And there, there is, it's that, it's that nudging, you know, and if, if you, if you ask someone, you can see if they're sort of embarrassed to tell you, or it's, it's because they don't feel that they really can make something, make their life, um, you know, their purpose, but we all have that. And once you discover that, and you share the story and you share why you feel so so connected to it, it brings other people who resonate with you, who've had the same experience or who can feel what you're feeling. They, they, we all come together and there's so much strength in that. And I think that's why it's so important for the greater good for us to just honor our purpose and, and share it. Thank you, Genevieve. I think it's now time to reveal what was your purpose and the story behind it, because it's a really beautiful story. Thank you. Well, that day when I heard that question about if this is the next 30 years, if this is this enough, and I realized the answer was no. In the next few minutes, I realized that I hadn't followed that traditional path of getting married and having children, but I did want children in my life. And I immediately thought of all those news articles and all those programs where I learned and saw what happened when children were neglected and where, you know, the police had to step in and the social workers and what a, a traumatic time and so sad for those children, even the families who can't cope. And I thought if I could give some comfort to these children when they enter the shelter, maybe that would, you know, fill my heart and, and you know, be able to share my heart with them. So I called the shelters that I knew and found about and asked them if I could come and read at night, read them storybooks, and I was welcomed in. So I started to go to shelters once, twice a week, different ones around my town, and I would sit on the floor of a shelter in this, this room that was pretty bare, and the children who were recently brought into these, these emergency shelters were escorted in by the staff and they sat on the floor with me. Now I'm in my business suit. I didn't know what to expect. And you can imagine some of the, the clothes they were wearing and, you know, how they felt and they were so afraid and, and so shy and so quiet. And they sat on the floor and for 45 minutes or so, I'd read stories, just read and read. They weren't saying anything but watching. Some of them were, you know, were crying and they, they were just calm and and I was calm and I and I loved it I felt connected to them you know I'd see them we'd lock eyes and I would just hope and pray that I was connecting and bringing them some comfort I didn't know what would happen after or before I didn't know what happened before but one night before I left they were taking the children to go to sleep which they did when I was leaving and I followed and better when I saw that room they were going to sleep in little ones five, six, seven, eight years old, 
two or three on a surface, nothing to change into. They were so afraid and so alone that I had these memories rushing to me of my mom at my bedside and my sister's bedside and my brother's and all the love and the fun bedtime was. And of course, storybooks, but pajamas too. And that was missing. And so I asked the staff if I could bring pajamas the next time. And they thought that was a lovely idea. And I did. But what happened was when that aha moment struck again and I started to hand out the pajamas after I read the story and one little girl was so afraid, so afraid of me and to take them. And she kept shaking her head, no, no. And I kept trying and she just kept moving away from me. But she didn't want to leave the room. So she watched me with a staff person, give them to all the other children who took them and went into that room to go to sleep. I went over to her again with the pajamas and I tried and I said, honey, these will fit you. Feel how soft they are. Don't you want your pajamas? She whispered to me, Miss, what are pajamas? And that was the beginning of the end of any reason I felt I was I was working for and the beginning of, of an obsession for bringing these children that the comfort and the love and, and remind them that somebody cares in the form of pajamas and, and books. That's beautiful story. Um, it's it's really makes us uh, rethink our first world problems because there are kids out there who don't even have pajamas. Not to mention somebody who can read a story. Sorry for the cut. That's uh, <laughs> one very talkative cat that is sleeping over at my house today. It doesn't have a pajama, but I hope it's going to be fine. So we have a lovely message from Olga Vasina. Great comment, Genevieve Pituro. Oh. I think it's time also to show our lovely audience. We can see it on your background, Genevieve, but I think it's time to show the poster for your book released last year. It's a beautiful book. And uh, what why, what kind of uh, propelled you to, to write this book? What was the reason why you wanted to put it in writing? Well, throughout the more than 20 years of growing the nonprofit, which I, I named Pajama Program, I've always mentored and I've always helped when someone said, you found your purpose and you made this change. You know, I'm thinking about doing something and I've always wanted to do this. And I wonder if I can talk to you about, you know, the first steps of how I could do that. And I, I loved sharing it. And it was because everybody has that purpose and sometimes it happens because of an, an aha moment sometimes it's a, a personal situation that people see i can change this and that's where they start to become passionate about something so i loved mentoring and teaching and i started to write a little bit and i've always spoken i've always told that story and all kinds of stories that have happened since that moment with that little girl and all the people that i've spoken to who resonate, who felt her as if she was there telling the story and not me. She was there saying to that person, I don't know what pajamas are. And all those people who felt her heart, like I did, all came to support pajama program. And over these years of, of talking about it, speaking, mentoring, writing articles and, and, and things like that, I knew that I wanted to tell the story in a bigger way. And I knew that one day, I would stop being the day-to-day -day executive director of pajama program to talk about the bigger issue for me, which became how important it is to find your purpose. So that's why I wrote the book, came out in the pandemic, <laughs> a challenge. We all had challenges. That's been mine. And, and speak too, which I'm hoping to get to in person. Fabulous. Um, so, uh, Genevieve, I wanted to ask you about the purpose. Let's go back to the beginning. Uh, leadership with a purpose. But how do I find that purpose? And I uh, remember we talked about um, our uh, leadership um, approaches uh, just two weeks ago with um, um with our guest uh, Nina Segura, who talked about uh, how to lead in a post-COVID world. And uh, I mentioned the speech made by Oprah Winfrey, who was talking to 
the recent um, graduates of a college and she said you know everybody's trying to find a purpose and these recent graduates are thinking they're gonna get the best job they are uh, sent so many offers and so on and she said um just uh, trying to make them humble and told them your purpose in life is to find a job so uh, maybe it doesn't apply to everybody. I see Marianne is uh, tuning in. She's got a job and I know she's very successful in her uh, career, uh, chosen career. Thank you so much for sharing your experience, Genevieve. You're <laughs> very inspiring. Can't wait to uh, read your book. So how do we find the purpose, Genevieve? Well, I think we don't think about it. I think most of us expect to find a job after high school, after college, after whatever schooling. That's always traditionally been find a way. And for a lot of people, that means following in the footsteps of someone that they know, someone in the family. So the problem is that we don't really give it much thought. We don't enter the equation thinking, what do I love to do? What am I good at? How can I marry that? So I am sure to find something that I can do every day for 30, 40, 50 years, because that's a long time to do a job. But when it's part of your life, that's what it is. It's your life. And it's if it's joyful and satisfying, it's worth the wait. And it's worth considering and thinking long and hard. But it's also worth understanding that we have to honor that purpose. It's ours to do. And if we think about it, we really know what we love to do. I do exercises with the people I coach on finding a quiet place for an hour where there's no interruption. Put on some music, make a, a cup of green tea or a glass of wine and paper and pen, not a computer. There's so much power when you write with a pen on paper and list the things that you love to do. Don't worry about if you can see how you can make money at it or not. Because of course we have to make money in this life. So if you start with that list and you make a list and you call it down to 10 and then five and then three, you take those three things and you put down what you can do, what is realistic for you to do related to those three things for an hour a week. That is so important because most people don't take the time to play in that field. And that's what it should be. It should be play. Of course, it's going to be, you know, there are going to be difficult days and challenges and have to figure things out and plans and budgets. But if you feel when you're spending that hour doing something related to one of the fields that you love, your top three interests, you will feel passion. You will feel fuel building. And those are two things that we need for stamina, for perseverance, to stay the course. We need that passion and that fuel. Because if we don't have that, we're going to we're going to just fizzle out. Oh, that's a very, very good uh, description. Don't fizzle out. Uh, focus on the things you love doing. But then uh, when I think about uh, the starting point, so many of us mix the position with the leadership role. So they get this new exciting position as a manager, as a boss of some, some funky uh, name. And every time you climb a step, you have to put another foundation underneath for leadership because it doesn't really, it's only the beginning because the key to getting people to be success, successful is to put them where their strengths are and knowing them and listening to them. Your team has to be equal with the level of your dreams. So whatever your purpose is, they need to know about that purpose, right? That's how you uh, stay on the same page. But then on the other hand, uh, Genevieve, I think we've seen it in so many corporates. Not everybody is buying into this purpose or that dream. So 
what is the way to make people follow you? Well, you're absolutely right. That is the number one problem with um, with workers. They don't feel that they understand or that they align with whatever their boss wants them to do. And they certainly don't feel like they matter in the company. So that's why so many people leave. It's really that simple. It's the relationship with the boss and how they feel about their position. But it's it's so important, especially for purposeful leadership now, for a leader not just to understand the purpose, which is more than reaching a number for the bottom line. Every company has a purpose. If you are making boxes, there it will help someone somewhere. It's, it's a convenience for people. It's as simple as that. And knowing the difference it makes to those you're serving, because every one of us is serving a group with no matter with whatever position we're in. And it's understanding that it is very important to those people that we serve, that we exist and that we exist and do the best job possible for them. So when you put it into um, empathic, compassionate verbiage, and you share that with those who are on your team, then when, once they understand that it's more than a bottom line and that there's a place for them, things change, but they have to be, they have to be considered. It can't be an old fashioned rule of, I make the rules and you go along with it. Of course, the leader is responsible for getting to the bottom line and for bringing a team along with him or her, but bringing that team along is an art and including them and finding what makes them tick. What does each of your team members need to know, to feel like they're a part of the group? And there's definitely a way for whatever that individual needs to feel to incorporate it. And it's just taking that care, taking that time to find out about your team members which I think for many years wasn't happening in the corporate culture anywhere. And it's starting to happen now because people are realizing everybody wants meaning at work, not just in their personal life. Hmm. That's uh, very important. Everybody needs meaning. We've got a challenging question now from IPOV in Patrick's opinion. Patrick's uh, our follower. Thank you so much, Patrick, for tuning in today. Um, stimulating and inspiring discussion. Genevieve Pitura, thank you. You mentioned how a career has to be for 30, 40 years or more. What about multiple careers? And he's also adding, Nietzsche only wrote philosophy for 20 years. Copernicus was a doctor, economist, military strategist, mm -hmm. ch church admin, and astronomer. Mm -hmm. And still, he was able to uh, lead the purpose. What do you think would be your approach towards different careers? Thanks. Thank you, Patrick. Well, when I say a career for 30 or 40 years, there, there are two careers. You can choose to take a traditional route, and a lot of people who don't think of purpose as part of that could be stuck in that career and, and do get stuck in that career. But the careers that are on purpose, they the purpose stays the same, but the career can change. For instance, what we're talking about, my purpose was to start pajama program and get these children pajamas and books 20 years. Now my purpose because of that purpose has grown to helping adults find their purpose because of the purpose I felt in the first place. But you can have multiple purposes as long as you know that what you're doing is fulfilling and continuing on your passion. So it's refreshing to change. That's why that's why I did. I wanted to take some a different direction but still stay true to what made my life feel meaningful. So I can do this and feel meaningful. Um, I can do I can do more writing. I can do other things that are stemming from the purpose that I found. And you don't always know what that is, but if you're on purpose, it can transform to different careers or different paths under 
the purpose, your purpose umbrella. So uh, that's how I feel about changing careers. Absolutely wonderful. And it's very different when you're changing careers under your umbrella purpose and feeling purposeful. And it's, mm. it's, not, it's not so happy when you are staying in a career for 30 or 40 years or jumping around to different careers that have, have no tie to each other and no fulfillment. So in other words, you also have to be capable of leading yourself. And uh, Patrick just said, thank you, Genevieve, enjoying your creative approach to life, purpose, mm -hmm. pajamas, and beyond. Oh, and <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore, awesome role model. I couldn't agree more. So when we talk about leading yourself, I think of things like daily routines or approaches. How do you start your day? Do you have some success principles? Is there anything that you do um, that makes you focus and, and become a leader for yourself? I meditate every morning. That was not something that I grew up learning and it was not something I did in my first life. Um, I ended up getting married at the beginning of pajama program. And I know the universe, uh, all entrepreneurs know that there's an invisible power and you have a partner in the universe when you, uh, when you take a chance and you are on purpose. And that's what happened to me. I was alone for many, many, many years. And then I met a, a great man who, you know, became a partner and he taught me about meditation. So I went in kicking and screaming. I am a type A personality, did not have time to sit and find the universe, you know, in my head. And I had to learn, but I do it every day. And I still don't trust 100%, but it's always 100% right. So if, if I get, I get a lot of audible um, signals and things, I'll hear a word, I'll hear something. Um, and I know it's from my higher self, or you can call it the universe, whatever you're comfortable calling it. Um, but that's my gauge. So I, I, I've learned to sit quietly. I don't ask a question like, how do I solve this? But I sit quietly and I try to give myself and the universe an opportunity to show me and, and guide me in a way, as long as I, I start by saying, I, I want to be on purpose. That's beautiful. Um, thank you, Genevieve. Aika is asking us a question. Before we go into that, I wanted to ask you about that universe uh, uh, truism because I actually don't like it so much because it takes um, power from our decision making, right? In a way, it kind of uh, universe drops something on us and we just follow it. Whereas I believe the true leader should make a decision themselves. Of course, there is parts of universe that are telling us something, but it's really us and having that North Pole somewhere in the distance that makes us great leaders and, and the ones who know how to reach that uh, North Star. Right. Well, like I said, I call the voice I hear my higher self. So I know that my head is chatting away and I know that fear and doubt love to get in there and, you know, and, and put obstacles in there and challenge me. And when I'm meditating and I'm asking the universe for help, the voices I hear, I know, I believe are from my inner self, my higher self, I call it. You can call it, you know, whatever you like. And some people will call it God. To me, it's my true voice. So when I silence this, and I connect with the universe and the greater, the greater um, good of, of the world, so to speak, my inner self has a chance to, to talk. And I think that was who, I know that was who was asking me the question, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? I know that was me. And I think we all know when our true self is speaking up because it hits that note that might be uncomfortable. It might make us think about something we don't want to think about or we're afraid to admit. But we have that inner self and because of our chattiness up here, um, we don't allow it to, to come out in, in a, you know, a spiritual way or in a universal way or in, in an, an honor, honorable way. That's uh, fantastic, Genevieve. Uh, I, uh, I 
let you uh, speak to your inner voice or sign from the God, however we call it. This is uh, time to meditate and really listen to what is important, what is uh, the basics, right? Uh, mm. So uh, that's the general rule for many leaders. They need to reflect on what happened in the past and learn from that. We've got Aika uh, asking us question. I hope it doesn't apply to her life because it says, what is your advice to people mm. who don't have the luxury to follow their passion and are stuck in a career that don't, they don't feel full, uh, fulfilled in? I hope mm. you're, you're <clears throat> in good path, uh, Aika. Let's, let's yeah. answer this tricky one. Yes, Aika, I do. I work with a lot of people who are in that situation. And I teach the slide or the jump method of bringing purpose into your life. For me, I jumped. Um, that's my personality. I, I don't really ponder things. I felt compelled. It was very emotional, that, that question from that little girl and, and everything that was happening and everything that was in my world at that time contributed to me just saying I have to do this and becoming obsessed. Not always the smartest thing. A lot of people are smarter. Thank goodness it worked out after you know after the the hard times. But my book is very honest. It tells you about the mess ups I made um, because of because of that. But I teach the slide method because if you can't or don't jump, there's a slide. So what what's the slide? Basically, if you are in if you're working and you need to stay in your job, that's fine. That's understandable and that's okay. We have put too many things, especially during this last 14 months, too many of our, our purpose-led passions and too many things that we love to do that bring us joy and relief from job that we don't love. We've put those things on the back burner. And these last months, further back on the back burner. So many of us say, when the kids are off from college, when I have enough time, when I retire, I'm going to take singing lessons or take piano lessons or, or you know, volunteer at, at a, a dog sanctuary or, you know, help help the homeless, help the children, you know, visit cancer patients. But that's the worst thing we can do because that's a sign to ourselves that we may never, ever have a right to that or bring it or have time to bring it into our life. So stop the thinking is what I tell my, my clients. Make an hour a week, same thing I said before, to do one thing on what you would love your purpose to be. So if you want it to be a singer or a piano, take a lesson, sign up for lessons. If you want to dance, same thing, take a lesson. If you want to get to know horses and you've always wanted to work with horses, find someone, talk to them about the horses that they train or the horse farm that they have. There are so many ways to spend one hour in that world that you want to do. And even talking to somebody and connecting with somebody on LinkedIn, reading about it, that will change everything because it's a sign. It's telling yourself, I am living this as much as I can right now. And I'm going to love every minute of it. And it's going to change how you feel about everything if you do that, everything. And it's going to change how people feel when they're with you because it's just, it's, it's just going to be, you're going to be contagious and you're going to talk about it and share it with a passion that you might not about your job. It's going to change things so dramatically. It's just, it's amazing. Yes. Thank you so much, Genevieve. That's beautiful answer. Um, you talk about, uh, um, I would say, uh, influence because it basically it's a perfect measure of leadership. Nothing more, nothing less. It's like how much you influence. The number uh, one question I think uh, a leader wants to know is how do I increase my influence? That's a good question. Um, I think for me, I think I would ask myself, how can I connect with more people and share our stories and find out what 
contribution we can make to each other's lives. I have so many stories about the human connection, which is why it's the subtitle of my book. And after every chapter, I put in a heart of the matter section where I put in life lessons I learned. And the thread throughout is how powerful the human connection is and how much success you can have and, and you can share with other people and you can give them by taking the time to learn about them and not just be the one talking, but be the one listening and sharing the stories. Because it's amazing what compassion and empathy and just interest can, can develop once there's common ground. And we've all seen through this pandemic, the incredible kindness and the incredible time spent with people, strangers, getting to know someone and taking the time to stop and ask a question of them. So I think influence, I, I understand uh, that. And of course, a leader needs to influence those that are on his team or her team and that need to know that they're, they're one solid team. But I think uh, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with the word influence and I, I, I hope that the human connection description that I that I gave um, sort of answers that. Hmm. Well, I, I was it wasn't in the meaning of uh, we've got so many influencers nowadays, uh, you know, mm -hmm. hashtag selfie and there are I, thousands right. of thousands I of influencers. That's not kind of influence yeah. I had in mind, but yeah. uh, and somehow it uh, it got um, spiraled out of, the, out of the control and uh, we don't really think about it in a positive way and today's mm. topic is positivity hack delivered so we are talking about the leadership with a purpose uh Aika is thanking you for that wonderful advice genevieve uh, kudos to women on it great episode thank you so much Aika. i hope you are following women on it on youtube twitch and facebook uh, mm -hmm. as well as instagram uh, we are talking about the leadership with a purpose we are trying to nail down how to find a purpose and let's go back to your book genevieve uh if this uh, uh august is going to be one year uh, mm. can you tell us what was it publishing a book during the pandemic like um crazy um it was it was very quiet as you can imagine you know all the plans that we had were um, were changed drastically. So instead of any in-person signings or celebrations, it was on Zoom. And actually, I know that you might be looking at a storm coming on my launch day, on my launch Zoom with uh, lots of family and friends and supporters, I lost power and I went down. And um, I eventually got back on the phone, but not for at least 15 minutes. And thankfully my friends carried on. So it was, it was, I, I was happy that it, it came out. I decided not to ask to change the date when I realized we were still going to be in the pandemic because I did believe that there was a reason. And I hope that all of the, all of the lessons in the book do resonate with people because of what we've come through and finding purpose. And it seems to be on everybody's mind now. And I think it's because we've all gone inward. So I'm, I'm thinking that there was a reason the book came out when it did. Mm, beautiful. Well done, uh, Genevieve. And that brings me back to the purpose and the leadership because when we are preparing ourselves to become a leader we have to be also capable of waiting for that storm every summer there is a storm season in malta every winter it's very cold in poland we have to make take some measures to be prepared for that so what is your advice for those leaders who 
are crumbling at any first problem they uh, they meet what would be your advice as a serial seasoned entrepreneur what are the steps how to prepare for failure um well there are two things first there is preparing for several plans plan a plan b plan c and if it doesn't work you need a plan and there's also the plan to know that some things you won't have any warning about so having a uh, both situations i think a leader is the leader but isn't alone so i think the more people in your inner circle that you trust and that who trust you come together to solidify those plans and again the human connection to include people who are affected immediately when a plan a plan b plan c or failure is approaching to gain their confidence and to lead with inclusion to include those in the inner circle and to be open to those ideas i think in the past and i seen there are leaders who don't share their fears or their doubts and they make a decision alone and while the, the bottom line comes when the decision maker decides it's not good to do it in a vacuum i don't think i think there's strength in trust and respect and 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 bringing the people that understand and have the same values as you for the future of the company bring bring those people together to find uh, more solutions solutions plan e f g and h you never know you never know where that great idea is going to come from and i i've seen it that's beautiful that brings me back to our talk with kelly howey who talked about your plan b is your network and that applies to this uh, yeah. this what you said because your network is going to carry on your purpose regardless of you being there if you make sure that they you influence them whatever you you call it influence or <laughs> or you shed a light on the purpose um i I'm thinking about uh, the great uh, catalyst uh, research that showed that female leaders, whether it's with purpose or without purpose, are often perceived as either too weak or too strong. They are never just right because their approach towards leadership is too soft or too harsh uh, when they are trying to replicate men's approach to leadership what advice would you give to other females to help their career or help them find that meaningful purpose and uh, become great leaders of success hmm. good good question i think i think i i i don't i hope i don't replicate anyone i hope that i'm i'm inspired by other leaders that I feel are, are um, following the same core values. But I think each leader is unique. And I do think women are becoming, because there are more leaders, I think that there are more leadership styles. And we women are stronger than ever, uh, more visible than ever. And I, I don't know that we, we cave the way maybe some did the generations past because of the dominating male leadership styles that, that were everywhere. So we see that women are coming into power with a different leadership style and that's needed. I don't think being soft is the right word. Maybe it's compassionate, maybe it's empathetic, um, they're they're more in, inclusive they we try to understand and find um a way for everyone to to get something in order for us to as a leader reach that goal so i think that that's changing it's still it's still there i i i understand that there's still a ways to go but i think that we're seeing some really strong 
and, and fabulous leaders that are who are women coming into their own and um, and gaining gaining support from men and women and of all ages, which is important. So today's discussion is focusing on those underrepresented in technology, business and startups. Um, so my question to you and many leaders, uh, followers or females or minorities that are trying to get into this um, underserved uh, um, areas, what are the top five soft skills or career-driven females, in your opinion, should have? The, make, make sure I understand. The five soft skills, are you asking? Soft skills, yes, because, you know, it, there is this perception of we need more women in technology that are that finished uh, whatever Harvard University or uh, MIT or or anything that is very technical oriented and then they struggle because there is this revolving door that never stays open for them they stay at the bottom they never get to the top so soft skills are those that matter when you want to go up the career level so what do you think are the top five soft skills or career-driven females uh, in your opinion should have i think trust i think there needs to be trust both ways between the individual and those who are responsible for supporting the upward movement and those who are supporting her as a leader that are part of her team. I think there has to be mutual trust there. A leader is is trustworthy. And I think that that's maybe the top um, the, the top trait that uh, a, a leader, I as a leader strive for and, and hope I have gained the trust of people. <clears throat> and that goes hand in hand with respect too for being an individual, being our true self, and making the decisions that reflect our, our values and the values of those who are part of our team. I think compassion is very important now uh, for each other as individuals, for what we've been through, what we go through, what's happening in our lives now. I think that's part of being a good leader because you want people to feel that you understand and that you care what they're going through. And they wouldn't know that if you didn't ask, how are you? What's going on? If you didn't know what's happening in their personal lives, you know, a little bit, you don't have to dig, dig deep, but it just makes it a little easier to get to that trust point. If there's, if there's compassion and interest there. So trust and respect and compassion. Um, I think reaching out, which sometimes, is hard. Reaching out for help is hard. I think reaching out for um, to to give someone else kudos if you maybe have been inclined or people think leaders are inclined to take the kudos on. It's it's not. It's a very strong skill to be able to praise others and not praise yourself for a, a team win or for something that might come under your win, it's wonderful to reach out and thank um, the people who you know really made it happen with you and for you. And I think, let me think, one more soft skill. I think a sense of humor about ourselves. I think um, that might have been missing from leaders in the past because they had a certain persona to uphold. And I think we have to laugh at ourselves. We have to give ourselves a break and we have to give each other a break. And it sort of lets our guard down for a minute and lets everybody just be human. And I just think being human is the best thing we can be. Let's be human and uh, be humble. Uh, I see many leaders are having problem with uh, uh, you know, laughing at themselves. Um, but, well, we are coming to the end of the show. We've got 10 minutes left. If there is anybody out there who would like to find a purpose in their leadership style or have any 
question they would like Genevieve to answer today, here's your last chance. So hmm. Genevieve, I would like to go back to your career because uh, you, by the looks of it, it was very exciting, very, very lively. Hmm. You said you're very outgoing and uh, upbeat. And uh, I'm sure it was a quite a challenging shift from very noisy environment into let's quiet down let's read some bedtime stories how was it for you apart from having the approach of meditating in the morning what was other changes in in your life that were significant well internally in my physical body it was very different because for the 12 years and the years in college gearing up for this kind of a, a life and my marketing, I was marketing VP in um, New York City for television syndication companies and marketing companies. It was a race. It was always fast. It was always up, up in my head of what I could do next and what I had to do. And it was just high energy. So you see, I'm going like this and that's where it was. It was all high energy here. The minute I sat down, when I started to read to children on the floor, and, and things happened for a reason, I sat on the floor with them, it, I became still. And when I realized that this was going to be a big part of my life and that I had, had a new purpose, a, a found purpose, everything was coming from here. And it wasn't this. It was, it was this. And it was real and it was deep and it was significant and it was heartfelt. Now, yes, there certainly was stress because I was changing everything and I didn't know how to how to grow a nonprofit. I didn't even know it would become a nonprofit. I didn't know what it would become. There was anxiety and stress, but basically I knew I was being led from this part of me, the, the soul and the heart of me. And I trusted that. And that, that was a major, major shift in my physical being on a day-to-day -day basis. And that was incredible. I, I still think about it now. And, and I remember those days saying, this is an incredibly different feeling. I'm even dealing with stress differently. I'm even tackling challenges and problems differently and and that's and that's was also a sign to me that I was on the right path that the path was made clear as the title of um, Oprah Winfrey's uh, speech goes uh, Olga Vasina is tuning in for her last question isn't it a huge step to leave the security of employment to be meditative, but no longer able to rely on a salary. Yes, Olga. <laughs> it's very, very difficult. It's very stress. Um, that's how I did it. I felt compelled. I felt I would figure it out as I went along. And I always said, and, and at that point I met, you know, this wonderful man, I always said, I could find a job anywhere if I have to. I could work in retail. I could work late hours if I have to do this and meet with people to tell them about pajama program during the day. I always knew that I would find a way and that there was a way. But for a lot of people who don't want to do that, it makes sense to do the slide method. And you still feel that sense of purpose and you still feel fulfilled if you include what your purpose is, even in a small way, it changes, it changes everything. And you may surprisingly find a way to make the money. Beautiful. We love making money and yeah. doing more. something good simultaneously. So none of us are able to achieve success without some help along the way. Is there any particular person you are grateful towards who helped you get you to where you are at the moment? Can you share a story about that? Well, sure, sure, absolutely. Um, you know, I wouldn't have known that something was wrong with the bedtime when I was watching these children or, or I knew it would be wrong, but 
I didn't have anything. I wouldn't have known how to compare it if I hadn't had my mom's at my bedside. And I tell her all the time, pajama program is because of you. And she, my mother was really the first one who, when I went to her to say the crazy thing I said to people who, you know, thought I was crazy for leaving my career, you know, instead of saying what they said, I was like, are you crazy? You know, why would you do that? She said, I don't know how you'll do it, but I, I'm sure you'll figure it out. And that was incredible. And then when I met this great man and I realized I had to tell him that I wasn't, that I was considering jumping off the corporate ladder and I wasn't going to be that career girl or make that salary. And if we were going to get serious, I wouldn't have a salary. So I told him my idea and I told him what was happening in, in my, in my, in my heart and soul. And I told him the same thing. I'm thinking about quitting my career and just going to give children pajamas and I'll figure it out. And he said, go for it. So even through my book, when I was causing trouble and we were having, you know, issues, I threw that up to him all the time. And I said, you told me to go for it. And uh, so I, I'd say my mom and, and my husband, and of course, so many supporters as pajama program grew, but personally at the beginning, at the hardest times, my mother and my husband. Mm, beautiful. That reminds us of the fact that women on IT are here hacking the future thanks to your support as well. So we welcome anybody who wants to join our cohort. You don't have to be a female to be one of us and support us. Uh, check out our website, check out our videos. We are more than happy to have the intro uh, call if you would like to ask. So tell people and they may forget, show them, they may, may remember, but involve them and they will understand that's Confucius. And I think it's very telling uh, when you're trying to show the purpose in life. You call life lesson uh, heart of a matter in your book. Can you tell us what is your heart of the matter or life lesson quote and how was it relevant to you in your life, Genevieve? Oh, my favorite one that is so easy and it took me all these years to realize it. You know, even before I started Pajama Program, and I know for so many people, we've heard the phrase, the power of one, look at the power of one, how much one person changes things, how much one idea you know, can move people and things forward. It's the power of one, the secret of the power of one. But no, I have learned the secret to the power of one. The power of one doesn't change things. It's the power of one another that moves mountains and moves people. And it moved me, definitely, Genevieve. I would like to ask you at the end of the show, are you working on any exciting new projects right now? Yes, I announced yesterday the Find Your Purpose Summit in, per in person in New York, October 2nd. So it's for people who are thinking about their purpose, who know, don't know what to do for the first step, who want to learn the slide or the jump method and to be together and to be inspired by people who have been through this journey, who people like me, who understand people who will be sitting there thinking, fearing, can I do this? Fantastic. And you also told me about the fact that you're moving on to your own journey. You're letting somebody else lead your original um, NGO. Can you tell us a little bit, how was that decision in your life? What impacted you know, it? Sure, Beta. I never thought pajama program would grow the way it has. Seven million, more than seven million new pajamas and new books to children and 63 chapters across the US. And, you know, in some cases, internationally, we've given pajamas and books. I never thought that that would happen. And as we grew and we were nearing the 2018 mark, 18 year mark, I realized that my purpose was to tell the story. That's how we grew. That's how we, we gained those supporters. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that more than sit at a desk and do the contracts and, and do the long-term strategizing and all of that. So I discussed it with the board and one of our board members from the past is an attorney, Jamie, and she wanted 
to take pajama to the next level. And she can do all those things that I lost sleep over. She can do them in her sleep. And she's doing a great job moving forward. And I always tell her, she, she took my, my graduate to college, my high school graduate to college. And it gives me the freedom now to, you know, I have to rely on myself. I have this tendency of jumping um, to do what I feel my next step is under that purpose umbrella for me. And it's writing and speaking and coaching and, and helping people find their purpose. Beautiful. We wish you every success. Uh, when you focus on the positive, the positives gets more positive. For so let's mm -hmm. imagine the pandemic is over and you can invite any person in the world to have private breakfasts anywhere in the world. Who mm. would it be and where would you like to take them, Genevieve? That's a good question. It has to be somebody living. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. I, well, I would say I would be honored to spend half an hour with um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I think she's an, was an amazing role model for everyone, not just women. She stood firm in her beliefs and she, she led with her value system. And I, I'd love to ask her, I'd love to know if she was an, an A-list, you know, an A-type personality, like similar to me, where I was always anxious and, and still still am and excited, but also, you know, worried about everything. Or if she was genuinely peaceful and calm and would accept whatever outcome and then just go on to the next thing. I, I would love to feel her energy and just tell her how grateful I am that I was part of the her audience so to speak as as a leader and and how she influenced in the right way um my decisions and and how i want to lead and she just didn't waver she was strong and and i hope she's proud of what she sees from wherever she is for this next generation of leaders men and women Fantastic. And where would you like to have that private breakfast? Oh boy. Um, I'd invite her to my to my little apartment. <laughs> and I think Fantastic. she'd be fine with that. And that's one of the reasons why I think, you know, how I admire her. That's uh, beautiful. Uh, I guess uh, uh, Supreme Court Justice um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg definitely had some meditation time because uh, judging by how beautiful quotations made by her were, I think there was definitely a level of being calm involved there in this deep, deep thinking. Genevieve, it's been wonderful experience. You ask me if it has to be somebody alive or not. If it did have to be somebody alive, who would you invite as an alternative uh, that is alive? And you could have a private breakfast in your apartment tomorrow, let's say. Wow. I would I would want somebody of a younger generation. I'm trying to think of who I'm I might ask who has somebody who is about 25, a young lady. Um I I'm trying to think of one, the, the young lady, uh, Greta, who um, is standing Turn up earth. for, yes, who is standing up for a cleaner earth. I think, mm -hmm. I think that that's amazing. I think there are more and more young people who are demanding that purpose be part of their life, whether they are being hired and, and they're asking the people hiring them, what do you do to give back? What does this company stand for, for the greater good? And I think she's, you know, she's definitely one of the outspoken champions um, at, at any age. But at her age, I think it's extraordinary. And, and I would want to I'd want to thank her for that and for opening doors for the next generation. Beautiful. And for being inspiration, being influencer, as it were. Uh, I don't believe she's uh, even hit uh, 20 yet, but definitely she can be role model for many. 
Genevieve, it's been wonderful experience. Uh, the leadership with purpose uh, is here to stay, uh, whether you're working under pandemic conditions or wherever in the world you are, have your North Star and follow it throughout your life. As always, our positivity quote comes from positive thinking only and goes, look for something positive in each day, even if some days you have to look a little harder. Mm. I would like to invite everybody for our next week's um, meeting, but also do not forget to tune in to our previous uh, guests. We had a leadership um, uh, experience with uh, Nina Segura talking about leadership post-pandemic world and I would like to remind you that we are going to stay here in the summer in the heat of the summer because our North Star is to create more leaders in technology that are somehow neglected, whether it's female, whether these are people of color, different backgrounds, different uh, life experience. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. Maya Angelou's mm -hmm. uh, quotation is always in the vibe. Today is your day to hug the future hug the positivity you want. Thank you and see you next week. Thank you.